Witness Docs from Stitcher. As a kid growing up in Queens, I knew I was Dominican. But like I've talked about before, I never really felt connected to the actual place, you know, the Dominican Republic. My parents never took me there. Plus, there was that whole undercurrent of the paper bag test, mejorando la raza, straightening the hair, pinching the nose. All of that kind of suggested it was better to keep a little distance from this place, from this part of my identity. But then in college, Ruby started haunting me, and everything changed. For the last 10 years of my life, and for the past nine episodes of this very podcast, I've been exploring what it means to be Dominican, what it means to be brown, what it means to be brown in America. That's led me to take a closer look at my family, at Hollywood and the James Bond franchise, at Ruby, and a much closer look at myself. And now I am finally here in Santo Domingo, the capital of the Dominican Republic. I made it, y'all. My producer, Abigail, my manager, Carlos, and I, we just landed. And I got to say, as we're getting off the plane, it all feels a little like a sueño, a little like a dream. It's hot. It's humid. It's happening. Just think, Ruby probably walked through this very airport. He's probably private plane, you know? Abigail, Carlos, and I leave the airport and start driving. Okay, look at this. Look at that ocean. Looks pretty, huh? Looks inviting. Says swimming me. It's gorgeous. It really is. There's a big flat highway called the Autopista Las Americas that's right outside the airport. And all along one side is just the Caribbean Sea. It's bright blue. The sun glints off the water. Abigail, Carlos, and I arrive at this gas station with some killer barbecue out back. To be honest, y'all, this is the best food we had in the DR. Parador Bayamar is what it's called. If you're heading to the DR, it's right outside the airport. Definitely make sure to check it out. My parents and my partner were on a different flight, so they haven't arrived yet. It is bumping on a Saturday afternoon. And then finally, my parents show up. Hi. What's up, dude? How are you? Nice to see you. Hi, great to meet you. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Marta. I've worked with Carlos for years, and my parents have heard a lot about him. They've each heard a lot about each other, but they've never actually met. It's cute. Very excited. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Mr. Rivas. We only have three days. A weekend wedged in between my shooting schedule and my parents' jobs, but we did it. We made it happen. And it feels good to finally be here. It feels especially good to be here with my pops. It'll be a great experience. Let's do this. Let's go. And this is where he's from, where he spent summers as a kid. He hasn't been back to Santo Domingo in almost 20 years. Did you guys eat? Oh my God, poor guys. We're young. We sit down at a big picnic table and order way too much food and a couple of cold Presidente cervezas. There's a chainsaw roaring behind us, but it doesn't stop the conversation. My pops immediately starts in on his memories. When you used to come to Dominican Republic as a child, when I used to come here, it was a big deal. Not everybody flew. So we would come over and travel, and when we landed, every time you landed, the plane landed on the tarmac, everybody would go, yeah! It was like a big celebration clapping. So I was expecting that. Nope, 
All I heard was That's all you heard. The phone took over. No more claps. How did you feel last night when you arrived? Um, I actually felt, um, is the word melancholical? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, melancholy. That's what I felt. You know, I was anxious to arrive to a place that you haven't known for years. I'm here with my son, who's I've never really shared this town with you. I'm anxious too. I want to see this place, see what I've been missing out on, and of course, see what I can learn about Ruby. Yeah, but first, we gotta eat. You went a little aggressive. The Dominican classics, longaniza, rice and beans, platanos, these yummy pickled onions. Can we do a toast? Cheers, everyone. This is such a beautiful experience, thank you. Thank you very much, a very good experience. Thanks for coming, everyone. Here's the James Bond. Cheers to Porfirio Rubirosa, the gentleman who inspired all of this. I wouldn't be here without you. And what better place to travel for the last episode of this series, your homeland, Ruby. Our homeland. I've asked a lot of big questions in this series, but there's one question that's still on my mind. What does it mean to be remembered? Look, I'm an actor. I'm a human. I want to leave my mark, and I want people to remember me and my life. But I keep wondering, Ruby, if you and your amazing life can't be remembered... How can I? I've been thinking a lot about what Taki told me in the last episode. People forget everybody. Most people don't give a damn. They say some cheap playboy from Southern Amigo. That's all. Does the DR remember you, Ruby? And what memories are here for me to discover? I'm Christopher Rivas, and this is Ruby Rosa, episode 10. Nos vemos. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In a while. Take that road. No, not yet, honey. We're not. We're not yet. We're not yet. Right after lunch, we all pack into the car. It's me, my pops, my mom, Abigail, Carlos, and my partner Miriam, who is squeezed way into the back seat. Basically, the trunk. Sorry, boo. Here, right here. Try it. Turn this one. We're going on a family adventure, driving towards an area of Santo Domingo called La Caleta. 
It's the neighborhood my pops grew up visiting. Are you gonna try to find Beto? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. Beto is my pops' uncle. He's the only family member still left in this neighborhood. Now, we don't have his phone number and he has no idea we're in town. So if I see the surrounding and the house that we had was taken over by, uh, what do you call those guys in white shirts that go on their bicycle and go everywhere? Come on. And that joke, Mormons. Yeah, it was purchased by Mormons. Around the time I was born, my dad's family sold a part of their land to a Mormon church. We think Beto lives on some of what's left. I'm watching my pops. He's like a detective, looking around really intently, searching for things that feel familiar. Wow, has this place changed? Yeah. Keep going straight. We bump around in our big car on the narrow, broken roads. From the looks of it, La Caleta is a pretty poor part of town. A town that looks forgotten, left behind. I notice a lot of the houses are made of cinder block and some are falling apart. But La Caleta is also popping. Everything is painted with bright colors. We watch a whole family zoom by, squished onto a single motorbike. We pass some old dudes sitting in lawn chairs on the street, listening to loud music and playing dominoes. It reminds me of family barbecues I went to growing up in Queens. Okay. My pop says when he used to visit La Caleta, it was just a few houses surrounded by El Campo, the country, like the suburbs. Now it feels like a dense city center. We keep driving, but nothing looks familiar to my dad. Then... You have never seen a car full of people more excited to see some Mormons, y'all. Excuse me. We flag down the two young guys in white short sleeve button downs. Where is your house? Where's our house? Yeah, it's a Mormon house. Our church? That's it. It's in the corner? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. The guys head off, probably very freaked out. I understand. Sorry about coming in so hot. And we turn the car around and head in the same direction they're walking. A few minutes later, my parents actually start to recognize the block. The look on my pops' face, it's changed. Now he's excited. Eddie, I think this is Beto's house. This is Beto's house? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go knock. I think that is Beto's house. And my, my mother's stuff is in the front. Oh, no, let's go to my Beto's house. We pull over and get out of the car. My pops is buzzing and... All of a sudden, I'm feeling really excited too. Like, is this really happening? Are we really about to find a man my father hasn't seen in 30 years? Someone I never even knew about? That's it. Now we're standing in front of a tall metal gate. Further back is a little stucco house. There are some kids playing in the yard, a few dogs wandering around. Everyone is staring at us. And on the porch of the house is an older man looking like a G, wearing a blue polo shirt and aviator sunglasses. Hello. Beto. That's my uncle. That's my uncle. That's your, your, that's your, I guess, what is it? Second uncle? Great uncle? Oh my gosh, that's Beto. I recognize him. Hola. Guillermito. Guillermito. That's what Uncle Beto would have called my pops as a kid. They're hugging. My father's crying. They're both crying. Here, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
¿Te recuerdas de mí, Marta, la esposa de William, de Guillermito? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Estás solo aquí o quién tiene? Eso, eso, ¿De verdad, tío? No me digas. ¿Y los hijos tuyos? My pops is not a very emotional guy, at least not outwardly. So I was not expecting to see him cry on this trip. And I was not expecting to find myself inside the home of my great uncle, my grandma's little brother. To be real, I didn't even know she had a younger brother. Beto brings out some folding chairs and everyone sits. Except for him and my pops. Uncle Beto's house is small, but it's a refuge from the heat of the afternoon. The walls are lined with photographs. It's wild to travel all this way and see photos of my grandma as a young woman. There's also a lot of people I don't recognize. It's like glimpses of this whole other life. This history of family memories that I'm connected to. I spot one photo of a young man. It looks like me, but it's actually Beto. That same when he was young, that's a very strong So I got stories to tell you about. Oh, it's nice to go. He was a pilot. When the airport opened up and he transferred cargo planes and he been living in this area. Usted un piloto. Estoy explicando. Hace mucho. And he used to work in the international airport and do cargo planes. Era de Calguera, ¿verdad? De Calga. 6.47. And I can't believe, ¿qué edad tú tienes ahora, tío? Yo, 83. 83. Unbelievable. That's durísimo, man. When was the last time he saw you? And it's also sad. Hace un tiempo, verdad? Que no me hemos visto años. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God! Look at his face, honey. Beto takes off the blue hospital mask he's been wearing up until now. It's COVID times, y'all. He looks like a little Yeah, he looks like. Beto looks exactly like my grandma. He and I have that in common. I have never had a family reunion quite like this. Hell, I've never had any type of family reunion. And I can't help thinking about how long it has taken for us all to get here. And how it's really all because of an article I read about Ruby a decade ago. Eventually, we start asking Peto about growing up in La Caleta. And about his dad, my great-grandfather Juan Alba. He's the one my pops talked a lot about in episode four. The patriarch of the family. No, tú sabes que tienen a a el papá suyo como parte de fundador de cuando se hizo la caleta y todo esto. Sí, pero yo fui uno de los fundadores también. Yeah, he was said he was one of the the founders too when he was younger. Wow. Yo vine de trece años aquí. Yeah, since he was thirteen. <laughs> he says he was a founder since he was thirteen. Every street you see and all the cuts of land were done from my grandfather through a bank that he was affiliated with. All this, this development of the neighborhood, it all happened in the 50s and 60s, the era when Trujillo was running the country. My great-grandfather Juan Alba was actually associated with Trujillo. He did business with him, right up until Trujillo died. My manager Carlos asked Peto how old he was when Trujillo was assassinated. Peto was just a young man when it happened. He says he still remembers the day. Peto says his father came out to where he was working and said, Trujillo's been assassinated. We need to go back to the house now. 
when Alba was worried that the people who killed Trujillo might start coming after his supporters. Beto says his dad hired guards to protect the house, and they all had to lay low for a while. I mean, Dominicans don't like to talk about Trujillo, let alone admit they were on his side politically. But here's my great-uncle telling us what he remembers, admitting how close my family was to the bloodiest dictator in Dominican history. It's kind of wild. Everything I have learned about the DR up until now has been through research. Talking to experts, reading online articles, asking my dad. But Beto is a piece of living history. His stories aren't like the ones I've read and heard before, filtered through time and editors and a modern sensibility. No, these stories are memories. Memories of Trujillo, the guy Ruby worked for. It hits me just how close Ruby and I actually are. We sit for a while longer and my pops ask Beto more questions. Some of it I'm listening to, some of it I'm not. I'm looking around this old man's house, this old man who is a stranger to me. But also, my family. His home is humble, clean and functional, but he lives here all by himself. His wife died, his daughter too. He's alone, y'all. He's alone. My pops must be thinking about the same thing. How do you um, battle He's asking Peto how he handles living by himself, how he avoids feeling sad, what he does to pass the time. The television. Peto says he cleans up the house. It's a cafecito. Likes to watch TV. Here's something my dad has told me all throughout my life. He says, the saddest thing in the world is seeing someone alone in the hospital. And he's seen this a lot because my mom has spent a lot of time in hospitals. She's had some health issues. He'd come home from visiting her and tell me and my sister how depressing it was to see other people there without visitors. He's scared of that happening to him or to my mom. I think he's invested so much love and time and energy into me and my sister just to make sure we'll be by his side at the end of his life. And I know he's thinking about that now with Peto. Let's walk over there to show you the, 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 the property in the corner. We all walk outside. It's a beautiful day, golden hour, right before sunset. This was all, if, I sh- if you saw pictures from before, This was the dynasty. Ah, yeah. The, quote, dynasty. You've heard my pops say that before about the land and businesses that Juan Alba owned. And it's not like I thought my pops was making this stuff up, but it is a totally different thing to finally see it for myself. From the block all the way across, it termina donde? Eso, termina ahí, en ese To that corner. There's a few small houses. One of them is bright pink, but totally dilapidated. The roof is completely caved in. Plants are growing out of all the windows. That's the house that's still owned by my grandma, Beto's sister. There's another small house with a family renting it. And then on the corner is where the big house used to be, the compound where Juan Alba lived and my pops would come visit. The house had like uh, five, seven seven bedrooms, two baths. There was a beautiful tree in the back. There was kind of like a lake. 
the entrance of the house was over there. This was all closed up. Honey, it's huge. You see how it is? This I know. <laughs> this was beautiful. Property. It was a big property. It's gorgeous. And Look, they even got the basketball court. Increíble, tío. Now it's a basketball court, a mediocre garden, and a Mormon temple. All fenced in with chain link. My pops refers to the family's choice to sell the land as the destruction of the dynasty. And he's kind of right. Something has definitely been lost here. You can see it in the houses falling apart all around. But still, the businesses and the land, none of that really feels as important to me as the people. The relationships that were left behind and lost. Pretty astonishing, honestly. I was telling them that I'm so glad that he found him because I think it would have been heartbreaking for him to leave without, would have been really hard. I'm proud of William Rivas. I'm proud of him too. For doing this. You did this. You, you helped him do this. I hope he comes back again before he passes. I hope so too. Next, we all pose for some photos in front of the church in Beto's house. A few with everybody and a few with just my pops and Beto. And then we get ready to go. Thank you, Tio. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you all, he said. We all packed back into the SUV. Do you know what he said? What do you say? Now he can die. I started this day hyped to see the ocean. Hyped to be in the DR and to learn about Rubirosa's life here. And I ended the day tearing up as we drove away from my great uncle's house. Tío, nos vemos. Nos vemos. Finally, meeting Beto and seeing his simple and quiet life makes me think about this question I've always been haunted by. If someone with a life as big as Ruby's can't be remembered, how can I be remembered? Maybe it is like Taki said, everyone is eventually forgotten. Damn, I'm afraid of this, y'all. No one wants to be forgotten. It makes me think about how happy Beto was to see my pops, how happy he was to be remembered, to not be forgotten. Maybe being remembered is less about your legacy after you're gone and more about loving and remembering what you have while you're still here. Nos vemos. I'm glad I got to meet you, Theo. I hope you get to hear this and hopefully I get to see you soon. But I'm not just in the DR to visit with my family. I'm here for Ruby, the man who's been haunting me for the last decade of my life. We've got plans to visit Ruby's hometown in the morning. And as I try to fall asleep, my mind is full of questions. 
What more do you have to teach me, Ruby? And can I finally let you go? A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Aquí el radio que está aquí para ustedes. Estamos nosotros en el momento llegando a San Francisco de Macorís. That's not the radio. That's my pops pretending to be on the radio. The day after our reunion with Beto, we drive two hours north to San Francisco de Marcuri, the town where Ruby was born. I'm so excited to finally be making this trip. It gets me in a silly mood. William, Carlos, Abigail. Me, my dad, Carlos, and Abigail pull into San Francisco de Marcuris just before lunchtime. Take an next right. Right here? Yeah. It looks like a lot of towns in Central or South America. Colorful houses, narrow streets, you know colonial vibes. We park our car in a little lot, and first thing I do is ask the parking attendant if he's ever heard of Ruby. I'm really curious to see how much this town remembers Ruby. I mean, he was born here, but that was over a century ago. What do people here know about him today? This gentleman is an older guy, but as you can hear, he does know Ruby. And not just the Playboy stuff, nah. The first thing he says is that Ruby was a diplomat. I've never had someone say that to me off the cuff about Ruby before. Next, we head to the town square. It's raining, so there aren't too many folks hanging out. But there are some people standing underneath a little pavilion in the center. We walk up. But the gentleman behind us seems like he's explaining a lot about the neighborhood and the whole thing. So I've this guy's got a suit on and is answering people's questions. My pops makes a beeline. Estamos haciendo un estudio averiguando más de la historia de Porfirio Rovirosa. ¿Sabe usted quién era Porfirio Rovirosa? Bueno, ahí más o menos, sí. Again, mujeres. Lots of women. Pero, he says, but. Importantes a nuestro municipio y nuestro país. 
He's saying Ruby was important for this town and important for this country. Damn. Y'all remember in episode one when I asked folks about Ruby? They couldn't even say his name right. Porfirio. Porfirio. Ruby okay. This is like the exact opposite of that. People here know Ruby. Maybe not everything about him, but they remember him. We leave the town square and head to the local library up the block. Seems like a good spot to ask about Ruby. While we're there, a guy wanders in. He says, hang on, you guys are trying to learn more about Ruby Rosa. Well, then you should go see the author Martinez. He wrote a book about Ruby. He lives down the block. We get as much info about where to find this author as we can, and then we head out. Operation Find Martinez. So that way. He said that way? It's not quite on the 007 level, but it does kind of feel like we're suddenly on some sort of spy mission. We got told by two different people that there's one man who lives here across the street from Mofongo Premium Restaurant who has been collecting information on Dominican history, but especially Ruby Rosa, and that he wrote a book on him. We've all got our phones out. We're running down that international data on Google Maps. And once we spot the Mofongo place, we start knocking on doors, looking for Radames Martinez. Hello. We don't get many answers, which makes sense because my pops is coming in kind of hot. He sounds like a police officer banging down these poor folks' doors. We keep going. We ask people at stoplights. We stop a guy on a motorbike. I mean, we are really taking this mission seriously. And then we get a hot tip. Someone tells us to keep going up the block until we see the municipal building. Now, across the street is a lawyer's office where the author's brother is supposed to work. We head immediately in that direction. It's the author's brother, Isidio. My pops jumps in to tell this guy what we're doing. Isidio looks us up and down. He's a little confused at first, but he decides to take us inside. We walk back a narrow hallway, and there's Radames. And check this out, y'all. He's got his book with him. Of course he does. It's called Porfirio Rubirosa, La Vida de Leyenda del Gran Playboy, The Legendary Life of the Great Playboy. Radames says he learned about Ruby as a kid and was fascinated by him. He tells us his book details all the highlights of Ruby's life. Like his work for Trujillo, his love of polo and various adventures, and of course, his many wives and girlfriends. None of this is new information to me. But I gotta say, the best part of meeting Radames was flipping through his book and seeing all these photos of Ruby. Many I haven't ever seen before. And y'all, I have seen a lot of pictures of Ruby. I thought maybe I'd seen everything there was to see. But then I turned the page to a photo of Ruby's house here in San Francisco de Marcoris, where he lived until he was six or so. It reminds me of going back to my apartment building in Queens where my story began. And then there's a photo of Ruby as a little boy. Big curls, big lips, big nose. Like me. And then I find a photo I'd heard about, but I'd never seen. 
Ruby in a headstand practicing yoga. He is upside down. He's wearing these uh, little short shorts. I do yoga, y'all. I love this so much. It's like a little treasure. As we're walking back towards our car, Abigail asked me what it was like meeting another Ruby enthusiast. Yeah, do you have, do you feel any kinship with that author, Chris? You know, I think, I think all of us authors and Ruby fanatics have something in common, but I, I do feel a separation from them because of, I don't think they're looking for the, for the warnings that I'm looking for. I don't think they're looking for the sort of direct messages about how to how to move through the world both for better and for worse. You know, I think they're just fascinated as as historians, which is incredible and I need them. But I think my haunting is different. It's 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 one of I'm sending you on a mission, but in order for you to not lose yourself in the long run. I kind of hoped coming here to the DR would maybe be the end of the haunting. Like, the final chapter. Maybe I would touch this place where my story and Ruby's overlap, and then I'd be able to put his story down. Let it fade into my memory. And in some ways, I think I have. You know, for a trip that was all about Ruby, I was surprised to find that there were whole stretches of time where Ruby wasn't even on my mind. Instead, I was just watching my pops, thinking about his life and his journey. And while we were in Ruby's hometown, my mind kept wandering back to that moment where my pops and Beto first reunited after 20-something years, when they were both wiping tears away from their eyes. The joy and sadness of being reunited, that is a scene that lives with me now. And I think it will forever. Pretty wild, huh? That a decade ago, I read a Vanity Fair article that set all this in motion. It's wild that this awkward Dominican kid grew up to be an actor in Hollywood. It's wild that a childhood obsession with James Bond somehow turned into a deep reflection about my own brownness in this white world. And it's wild that it all brought me here, to the Dominican Republic, to be with family to deepen my roots and to connect to this place at the center of it all. This was a great trip. It wasn't nearly long enough, but I will be back. Nos vemos, DR. Thank you for everything. I'll see you again. We found it. First, the Uber wanted to drop us off in the woods, uh, but luckily we found this very beautiful cemetery that is technically kind of far from the city center. About a month after the trip to the DR, I went to Paris with my partner Miriam. On a beautiful April morning, we made a visit about 30 minutes outside of the city to Cimetière de Mont-la-Coquette, the cemetery that Ruby is buried in. We out here in the woods, but I'm gonna tell you, 
It's like oh, not a bad place to be buried because it is very beautiful and idyllic and the sounds of birds. And Here's what his grave looks like, Miriam. So we're looking for this. Sort of gravel and... It's a small, lush cemetery. All the flowers are just starting to bloom. Um, Stop. Is that it? Hold on. That's it. He is in the corner. Oh my um, gosh. Wow, there's a photo of him with Doris, Duke. with Doris Duke. Is that who that is? That's Doris Duke. And it's an old photo. You can sort of see it fading because uh, it's been in the sun so long. He's got the corner lot and I'm looking at a rectangle of light brown marble. And I think someone is takes care of this yeah, because well it's cleaned. It's well maintained. Um, wow. Uh... It has a cross on it. It says Porfirio Rubirosa, 1909 to 1965. And, uh, wow. It's beautiful. The trip to Paris wasn't strictly for the podcast. It was just a vacation, a chance to spend time with Miriam in this beautiful city. But I knew Ruby was buried here. I knew I had to pay my respects. And so, here I am standing next to the man who has meant so much to me for so long. Quietly, inside my head, I tell him things I've told him before. Ruby, your life wasn't perfect. Who's this? But you've been a wonderful teacher for me. You've helped me learn how to look within, how to listen, how to love myself, how to own my own story, my brownness, my experience, and to live my own life. Not yours, not someone else's. Mine. And then I say a few things out loud. You were remembered. If this man can't be remembered, how can I? He was remembered. I'm here. Someone comes here and takes care of you. You're remembered. People know who you are. We found a man in the DR who wrote a book about you. Like, you're remembered. And you're honored. I love you. Thank you. I don't think I ever said I love you, but I do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and a chapter is closed. Alright, time for our last credits. I know, it's sad. You know these by now though, right? Ruby Rosa is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. It's created by me, your boy, Christopher Rivas. And I'm also an executive producer. What's up? I did that, ma. We love our amazing producers and editors. You all made this show so beautiful to listen to. They are senior producer, the one and only Abigail Keel, producer Kevin Tidmarsh, magic man himself, story editor John Delore, technical director Casey Holford, and executive producer of Witness Docs, Camille Stanley. John Delore also mixed this episode. Huge thanks to Victor Almansar for being the voice of Ruby in this show. 
Workhouse Media Inc. is also a contributing producer to this podcast, as are executive producers Amelia Baker, Mackenzie Monroe, and Ari Anderson. Thanks, y'all. Thanks to all the brilliant people who took the time to talk with me and whose voices we've heard throughout this series. This show is dedicated to the memory of Isabella Wall, whose energy and love and knowledge of all things Ruby Rosa made this journey possible. Isabella, you are remembered and you are honored. Thank you so much. My love and thoughts are with your family. And a very special thanks to my family, my pops, William, mi madre, Martha Rivas, Uncle Peto, Miriam Hartig, and Carlos Hernandez and Ikigai Management. Original music for this podcast is composed and performed by my homie, Wilson Torres, Jason Villamar, and Marcos Varela. Our theme song is composed by Allison Layton Brown. If you like listening to Ruby Rosa, which I'm sure you did, please share the podcast with your friends, your family, your neighbors, the whole block. Write us a review too. And don't worry, the fun is definitely not over yet. Because next week, you will hear the very first episode of our new show, Brown Enough. It's a weekly podcast hosted by me about everything between black and white. We're going to continue talking about the themes we got into in Ruby Rosa. And we're going to hear from y'all. And we're going to meet lots of incredible brown creators, activists, authors, and thinkers. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed or following this podcast feed so you do not miss out. Peace, y'all. Thanks. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics, because that's who we are.